Matt Stepp, what are you dressing up as for Halloween? A guy who loves high school football. Tep and Step, your premium Texas high school football podcast from your friends at Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. I am the Tep, Greg Tepper. And I'm the Step, Matt Step. Thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber. We love you very, very much. Uh, and you've, ma- you've made it to, uh, you've made it to the, the end of the regular season. You did it, guys. Congratulations. We've done it. We've happy, done. happy week 11. Happy week 11. Week 11. Remember when we had week zero? It doesn't seem like... I think it's just a sign I'm getting old because it doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but yet here we are. And it's... uh, After this weekend, it's uh, officially playoff bracket season. Oh, yeah. It's Uh, my time to shine. It really is, yeah. Get the playoff locations ready. (laughs) Step came in here. He was doing the instigator uh, instigator game where he's stretching his arm, uh stuff uh like that. Um, Ish Ish had a bottle of water and a towel ready for me. Oh, yeah, he was. It's it's a lot. This is your Week 11 preview edition of Tep and Step. We do thank you for being a Dave Campbell's Tech Football subscriber. Coming up here in just a moment, um, we will uh, discuss whether or not Claude Mathis is loves or hates when I pick against them when we mm-hmm. pick against them do you hear mm-hmm. we made their hype video oh yeah yeah I, we'll, t- we'll talk about that in a second uh, one of my one of my clip one of my quotes was very very, uh, very front and center of that prominent. which is fine hey you know we, we've been in we're, we're we're molded in this we're used plus, to we're used to being in hype videos when we're wrong plus a hard, okay. plus a hearty debate on who should be number one in 6a mm-hmm. and then your final regular season game draft of the year uh, as we will get, mm. go through and pick the But best. not the final game draft of no, the year. No, we got we plenty still more do game drafts. Boys. We should do a game draft for state championship games, just like not preview some of them. <laughs> yeah, just like, oh, you know, sorry. <laughs> like, I hate to be like, like, I hate to be, but like, uh, let's just say it's Gunner and Poth again in a title mm-hmm. game. Yeah, sorry, right? Gunner. We're gonna yeah, preview. we're just not going to preview it's it. It's another game. Uh, but first, Matthew, we will start, as we always do, with your Texas high school football fun fact of the week presented by Country Meats. Oh, Country Meats. Thanks to our friends at Country Meats for being the official sponsor of the show. They're avid football fans like us and know that equipment equipment isn't cheap. That's why they make fundraising easy and accessible to anyone from peewee teams to high school varsity. Head on over to countrymeats.com and use the promo code STEP10 to get 10% off your first order. That's promo code S-T-E-P-P-1-0 at checkout at countrymeats.com. Countrymeats.com. They're the ones who gave me these wonderful uh, Wonderful talking points. points. Wonderful talking points. points Thank you, Country About about meat sticks. About meat sticks. Delicious, healthy meat sticks. They are healthy. They are healthy. They're a healthy snack. It's like that's, you're doing like the high-protein locale thing. Mm -hmm. Like that's a, that's a, that's a heater. I've seen referees with country meats at games. And you know what? Here's the other thing. And this is, they're not paying me for this part, but I'll just say this. Kind of filling. Like it, it, it's uh, you get one of those that'll keep you going for a while. Anyway, love you, country meats. Thanks very much, Matt Step. Your Texas high school football fun fact of the week. We're not going to talk a ton about realignment today because we've got too much football to talk about. But snapshot day was this past week. Another big day for me. Another big day for the numbies. Another big day for the numbies. Uh, right now, let me ask you a question. And this is this is you're not beholden to this answer. Where do you project the six A? Cl- uh, like, give me a ballpark ish. Uh, I have more than a ballpark. My projection currently uh-huh. 
is twenty two sixty five. Twenty two sixty five. That would be a forty, uh, 40 uh, increase a of 40, forty students. Mm-hmm. Forty students. Okay, Matt Step. What was the five A cutoff? The largest cutoff in two thousand. <laughs> so you think it's going to be twenty two? I'm going to write this down. You think mm-hmm. it's going to be twenty two sixty five this year? Yeah. In the year two thousand. In the year two thousand. What was the largest classification? Five A then. Yeah. Large classification cutoff then. Nineteen forty. It's an excellent guess. We didn't hit nineteen forty until. We jumped over it. 2004 was 1925. 2006 was 1985. No, Matt okay. Step. 1865 wow. was the 5A cutoff. Four score and seven years ago. So 18. Think about 1865. So who? Are, let me look at look at let me look at snapshot. Who would be? Who would that mean would be? Uh, today. Yeah, today. 1865 is the current anyone. cutoff. Um, granted, we, we don't have all the numbers. It yet. would be between Burleson and Huntsville. Burleson yep. would go six A, and I can remember and Huntsville would go five A. I can remember a time not that when I was in school that Burleson was in five A for a few mm-hmm. years. So yeah, it's that, 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 that the math tracks. Frisco Lone Star. Now Burleson's a got a second high school now, so that also kind of Frisco Lone Star would be a six A, um, et cetera. But yeah. anyway, so twenty two sixty Flower Bluff twenty two sixty five. The headline there, Alito's twenty two sixty seven. Yeah, and that's that's uh, we haven't got all the numbers yet. That's just an early projection. I, actually, I've already I've already pushed it up five. It was twenty two sixty. Oh, really? And just based on numbers that have come in. So, like sports gun to your head on October thirtieth. Where's what classification is Alito in? You bring a sports gun to my sports head. Sports gun to your head. The way things are trending, I would say it's they're probably going to be five A. Because the more there's more and more schools that are submitting numbers that I had in five A mm-hmm. that are now turning in six A numbers. So you think that number, your projection number is going to go up? Yeah. You think they're going to squeak under the five A number? So, like for example, I just got Lancaster's number in. Yeah. Twenty three, twenty three. Comfortably. Comfortably. If you're twenty, if you if your number starts with two three, you're a six A team. Twenty three, twenty two. I literally five minutes ago got Lancaster's number. It's twenty three, twenty two. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't have Lancaster in six A. Yeah. I had the, I still had them as one of the biggest five A's. So that, you add them into six A now. So all that does it's just like opt ups. You you mm-hmm. keep adding schools into that mix that causes that cut to. Mm-hmm. Keep pushing up. All right, we'll find out in February. No, we won't. We'll find out in uh, whenever they uh, the UIL releases after the, Thanksgiving. After yeah, Thanksgiving. After Thanksgiving. Anyway, there's your Texas Basketball fun fact of the week. A simpler time. 1865 was the five A cutoff. All right, Matthew. Let's get into our Week Ten recap. Fun week of games. It was uh, fun once week. the weather subsided a little bit, but it was real hit or miss too. Yeah, it was. It was hit or miss. It uh. You know, my game Friday night, mm-hmm. we had rain for about less than 10 minutes in the third quarter. No lightning, and the game got in. But literally, but, I was at Richland, Richland Timberview. As soon as I got in my truck and left the stadium after the game, the skies opened up. And then there was like, for example, that Pflugerville-YCU Midway game, which was a wild game, by the way. Um, that game didn't end until like midnight. Yeah, I think that was one of those deals because Weiss had to travel to Waco. Mm-hmm. And that's not a, you know, it's a good hour and a half, almost two-hour trip. I'm not coming back. They they were like we're gonna stay and get, get this game in. So I think it depended on how far away that you know like Desoto Duncanville that was easy to push it to Saturday. It's they're five miles from each other. Speaking of which, let's go through the games we drafted. Desoto Duncanville. Uh, let's just start with this. Um, a clinic from Desoto on how to beat Duncanville, and 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 they did. Here's the interesting thing, is that. <laughs> I'm going to start by saying how right we were before we talk about how wrong we were. 
we're we were exactly right in the sense of the only way to beat Duncanville is to go through them. Yeah. You cannot go around them. Mm-hmm. Our issue was we didn't think DeSoto could go through them. Yeah. And DeSoto put the hammer down. Yeah. They 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 put a foot in Duncanville and and beat him. Yeah, and beat not not, own, not they, in they a bullied, pleasant place. They bullied the bully. They did. They know? bullied and, him. And that's that's what you have to do. And you know, I, I said it. You know, I was in the hype video and I said DeSoto, Duncanville does not give a rat's ass about DeSoto. Well, they do now. They do now because DeSoto punched him in the mouth and knocked him on the knocked him for at least they they gave him a standing eight count because they're oh yeah they're not gonna play again this year so it's, it's Duncanville oh. and depending on realignment Duncanville may not get another another crack at DeSoto for a while depending on what happens so um, yeah DeSoto won that round and credit it's it's not it's and it was not really about Duncanville playing poorly. I think it's more about DeSoto and how well they played. More I, than totally that's, I totally that's agree. That's what this should be about. This should be about DeSoto and their coaching staff getting the job done. I think I think there are certainly some concerns that if you're Duncanville that you are that you're like, uh oh, okay, because there's other teams down the down the road that can do uh, similar things. Yeah, I I think I said this. Um, you go back and look at last year's Duncanville Westfield game. Mm-hmm. Westfield hung around with Duncanville. Twenty twenty one. Westfield did some things in that game that I think Desoto looked at and said, "We can do that. We can do that a lot better than they yes, can." can. And I think Desoto kind of took that blueprint, added their own green and gold spice to it, and made it theirs and and, and executed it. So I I wonder now if that's the the formula. So now now what's the counter for Duncanville? Is the book out? Is is the book how to how if you can execute it? Now, not everyone can execute what Desoto did, but does Duncanville have a counter to that? Because here's gonna be what's what's gonna, somebody else is going to try this game plan. Because what it was was tempo run game. Lot it, it, the key was tempo run game. Bring the safeties in the box, so they had to add numbers in the box and then go over the top. Because where you can attack Duncanville secondary potentially is the corners. Uh-huh. So if if you if they don't have the safety help because the safeties are in the box. You can take take deep shots, which I mean, DJ Bailey had four touchdown passes. Yeah, and Desoto ran the ball fifty times. The other thing I noticed, and I'll let you. Um, I have one other thing. Desoto had fifty running plays in that game. Duncanville threw forty two passes. Yeah. The, the roles just got complete. They, they made Dun- a chase. Desoto did what Duncanville usually Payton does. Durham to carried the ball like fifteen times. Yeah, Dun- that's not Duncanville football. No, they threw. When's the last time a Reginald Samples team threw forty-two passes in a game? It just doesn't happen. Oh no. So those are some of the things I noticed going back and watching the game online and looking at his stats and kind of digging into things. Some things that I noticed. And the other thing is is that they ran right at Colin Simmons. They just said they did. They did the same thing that to borrow for, like to, to to put it in another perspective. It's what like the 49ers did to the Cowboys with Micah Parsons. Mm-hmm. They're like, we're gonna we're run at you because yep. like then you're gonna like we're gonna make you make plays. We're gonna make you make plays, and we're gonna you know if we run at you, you, you we know we're gonna have blockers there. We're not gonna mm-hmm. let you chase us down from behind. And it was I'm telling you, that was a clinic. That was a clinic. That was a that was as impressive a performance as we have seen against Duncanville. Um, by a Texas team. By a Texas team yeah. in 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 years, in a probably long since time. the first North because the, the first North Shore Duncanville game, North Shore's offense did some damage on Duncanville. Yeah, they defense. did. They 41, really... Forty-one points. Uh, I mean, they are thirty-five before the Hail Mary. Yeah, so that was the, that, since then it's probably the most impressive performance a Texas team has put up against Duncanville's defense. I would say that's probably accurate. Speaking of which, speaking of impressive, North Shore and Tuskegee. Yeah, speaking of uh, those North Shore, I Mustangs. am, dude. Okay. 
again, this is not supposed to be a we are so right podcast, but like you put it out there, you're like, are they going to unleash Caleb Bailey the runner? Mm-hmm. And sure enough, like we got a highlight in, and they just ran GT counter. Mm-hmm. Like and Bailey goes like fifty for fifty a yards, and I'm yeah. like, and and let me tell you something, folks, folks, folks. If he's going to do that. And he's also going to throw the ball like that. Did you see that one throw he made? I think it was twenty-three to thirteen, and he hit Guillory. Yeah, on a pass down the sideline. It was just a thing. Of, it was Perfect. beautiful. If they're if if they're doing that, and by the way, they're running the ball pretty well too. Yeah, with Hardman. Hardman. Yeah, you got Hardman and Bailey back there. Let yeah. me tell you, the, like who's stopping that? They're tough. North Shore skill talent this year is probably better than that twenty eighteen team. Probably not as good as twenty nineteen, but. Well, I mean, I think I mean North Shore's got three three D one receivers. Yeah, you know that's that's the thing. I don't think they have a running back like Zach Evans. Mm-hmm. But Hardman's pretty dang good, and I mean, Bailey is every bit as good as Demetrius Davis. Right? He might he's, might be a better runner at this at this stage of his career. It's, so it's, it's shocking. The thing that I do have North Shore's mm-hmm. defense gave up thirty five. Mm-hmm. Grant Tascasita's offense really good. Mm-hmm. But when you look at North Shore, they're not as physically imposing up front on either side of the ball like they have been in the past. Mm-hmm. So my one concern about North Shore is I don't know if they're as as physically imposing. And they still play hard. They're still very physical. They still do all the North Shore things. But do they have the personnel from an actual just a physical standpoint to, to execute it as well as past North Shore teams? We'll oh, have to see. By the time you listen to this, there will be a video up on YouTube about this. Uh, but we talk, we, we record a little video about uh, the number one discussion because it was a real, probably the healthiest debate we've had mm-hmm. about rankings. Normally, it's like, hey, I'm thinking about bumping Monahan's ahead of Hampshire Finette. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. This was a debate back and forth about this of who's number one in in, yeah, in with the whole staff. In the whole staff, we all we all talked. We about all kind of weighed all, in. We all had our opinions, and we ended up going with North Shore as number one. I think uh, we went. Let me put it this way: we put went there because. First of all, they were ahead of DeSoto, and winning against a seventh-ranked team by 26 probably shouldn't get you jumped. But also, the argument is they have the deeper resume. Mm-hmm. That's it. They have the de- they have the deeper resume than than De- than DeSoto does. Now, DeSoto has the single individual best win in Texas high school football this year. That's that's it. A what a a multi touchdown win over Duncanville trumps a lot of things. It trumps yes. everything, you know. But we, we in the end, we went with the depth of resume over the headline of resume. What we ended up doing. But I think, I think there is a. If you want to put, if you in your personal rankings, you want to have DeSoto number one, buddy. I, I, I agree. <laughs> like you know, yeah. I don't really feel like if you if 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 you just we have North Shore number one and. I don't have a problem with North Shore being number one. If somebody has DeSoto number one, I'm not going to be like, you're an idiot. I'm like, that makes sense to me. Makes like sense they, to me. They're both great. You have great arguments for both sides yes. of it. They're they're 1A, 1B right now. Absolutely. And the really great thing for us is that our rankings in the end, we don't have to just, we, we're not deciding anything. No. You know, it's it's just for fun. And and we try to do a great job with our rankings. We want our rankings to be accurate. But in the end, I'm glad it gets played out on the field. I am too. Well, technically, <laughs> we could have this debate at the end of the season. Well, if and North Shore we'll, I mean, and Duncanville both. I mean, North Shore and DeSoto. I still, I'm so used to saying Duncanville yeah. and North Shore because yeah. they played so much. North Shore and DeSoto, mm-hmm. if they both run the table and go undefeated and win state championships, I think it'll be a health, healthy debate postseason as well van and carthage the it is time to put some respect on the carthage defense's name and we we always talk about the offense and how fun they are and stuff like that and and certainly they are fun 
Mm-hmm. But, dude, if they win another state championship, it'll be because their defense is elite. And that was a really impressive showing against Van. Yeah, it's a good Van offense. Uh-huh. And they Van hung, Van's defense kept them in it for a while. It was like 7-7 seven, seven in the second quarter or something. And I think Carthage scored before halftime, yeah. and then the second half just hit the Jets. And Which is another Scott's rap hallmark. And the really scary thing is Carthage, is, Carthage if, you, if you go up and down their offense, there are a lot of sophomores playing right now. They are young, young, young on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, South Lake Carroll and Byron Nelson. This was another big 6A game, and they, they moved this game up. Um, and... Uh, you know, I think um, I think all you can say about this is Byron Nelson, much like DeSoto, went out there and physically handled hmm. the the South Lake Carroll Dragons. Mm-hmm. Just just physically dominated. A a legacy win for that program. The biggest win in that program's history for Byron Nelson and for Travis Pride. And you could see and that we had we had a reporter there, and you could see in, the, in his post game he was getting he was getting emotional. He knew mm-hmm. what he knows what this because like people are going to talk about Byron Nelson differently after this. Like that's that's a big big win for them. Willis in the Woodlands, um, DJ Lagway, Mister Texas Football. Uh, he's making a great case for it right now. His numbers are are through the roof. He's Willis has got a lot of great players, but he's. He's the he, straw that stirs the he's drink. He's the guy. And much like Caleb Bailey, Willis unleashed him running the ball. I pop on that game on Texan Live Saturday, and the first thing I see is Lagway going 75 on a QB draw for a touchdown. He had he had a monster game. And right now, if you're asking me today, October 30th, happy birthday, Alexis, um, <laughs> who my vote for Mr. Texas football is right now, October 30th, mm-hmm. it's DJ Lagway. Mm-hmm. He is the singular – Best been the been the best player in the state of Texas this year, at at a at a the at quarterback. I mean at, at, at quarterback the at the six A level in a tough district, a tough district where they're nine and zero. He's taking a team at Willis who hasn't had a lot of success recently. Yeah. You know they've been pretty average, and he's got them in the state rankings. And just looking ahead, mm-hmm. round three mm-hmm. potential. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got a few rounds of football to play. Thanksgiving weekend. Mm. You signed up for Willis DeSoto? Sign me up for that right now. I'll, I'll. Yeah, chef's kiss. Tasty, tasty. Waco Connolly and Madisonville in a low-key game of the week. It was an awesome game. Yeah, it was a great game. Credit to Connolly. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I didn't, wasn't sure if Connolly had it in them. This is a nice win for them, mm-hmm. and, and and this kind of puts them in, in on on a good trajectory going into the playoffs in a brutal Region Three and Four A Division Two, where Silsby and Quero live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to finish as high as possible. <laughs> yeah. College Station and AM consolidated in what was the uh, cut the breaks game of the week. It's always a banger when those two play, man. And and but they but College Station always wins. I know. Those, if you're AM consolidated, you got to be like, what deal with the devil did Steve Huff and Stony Pryor make? I know. To the, we're, we're, we we cannot beat these guys. They always come up with the big play, like yeah. always. And this was like haymakers back and forth. Just a high score. Aiden Martinez Brown had a huge game. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was great. Look at great atmosphere too. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah. just an unbelievable. Game. Game. So, College Station back in the state rankings, and, and I think right now, region, region, you know, we talk about five A Division one, and we talk about Alito and Longview, mm-hmm. but the real fun in the earlier rounds of the playoffs is going to be in Region three. Oh yeah, where you got you got Smithson Valley, you got Fulcher, you got College Station, mm-hmm. you got 
San they're Antonio, meet, they're Houston, each other quick. San Antonio, Houston, Brazos Valley, three teams from different geographic regions of the state of Texas. That's a fun region right there. That, that's where I'm going to be watching, especially you know second, third, middle, the middle rounds of the playoffs is really where that. That's where the action's going to be. Let me t- let me put it to you this way. Right now, this is our computer uh, projections. These are your third. These are your area round matchups. Area round matchups. Galveston Bowl and San Antonio Wagner. I'm kind of into that in a sicko way. That's a that's a that's <laughs> a high f- school football nerds game. Uh. Bernie Champion and Fullshear. Fullshear's probably your favorite. Mm-hmm. College Station Magnolia. Yeah. A little tasty. And then Smithson Valley Magnolia West. You're looking at regional finals, regional semifinals of Wagner, Fullshear, College Station, Smithson Valley. Yeah. That's are, tasty. Yeah, very tasty. Richland and Timberview. I Folks. I was at this game. Tell your tell your children about the nine and and0 Richland Royals. Yeah, you think Jake Kemp is fired up right now? Oh Has anybody God. notified Jake Kemp? I did. Is? I tweeted. Did him. He he likes my tweet. Did he? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, what a win for Richland. It was a great win. You know, and, and what made it even better, Timberview jumped out thirteen nothing. Timberview scored two touchdowns the first five plays of the game, and I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh boy, here we go. Like Richland's eight and but you know, little you know, little mirage here. Timberview's going to beat him by thirty, and and just little brother him. And Richland just came back and scored on that next drive, made it thirteen to seven, and kind of settled in. Yeah, and made some nice adjustments after the first quarter, and really made made gave Timberview a lot of trouble. And it was a, it wasn't a, a, much like Byron Nelson, much like Desoto, not a fluky win. Timberview didn't have a rash of turnovers. Richland didn't recover three onside kicks yeah. or run a bunch of trick plays. It was straight up they beat Timberview. Which, by the way, you want to talk about fun fun regions. 5A Division 2 or 5A Division 1 Region 2? Yeah. Yeah. Bro. Bro. I mean, Longview, obviously. Mm-hmm. Reedy, Forney, Lone Star, Richland, Barbers Hill, Timberview. Port Arthur Memorial. Port Arthur Memorial. Yeah. It is a hornet's and nest. don't sleep on – I if I'm probably Barbers Hill, mm-hmm. I'm looking at this bracket and I'm like – we're the number one seed, yep. and we're drawing Lancaster in the yep. first round. Mm-hmm. Like Lancaster is a dangerous four seed because when Lancaster's high ceiling, mm-hmm. low floor team. Yes, but when Lancaster's playing well, mm-hmm. they're a handful. Mm-hmm. This is a team that lost a guy or by a touchdown, gave Longview a big run for uh, about a half, gave Forney all they wanted. This is a really good Lancaster team. This is a team you do not want to see remember, in the first round of the playoffs. Remember a couple of alignments ago. When 5A Division One Region 2 was just like the wood chipper, and now it's like it's back. Like, well, the wood chipper's back. Just, yeah. It's just a bunch of different – because like uh, – It's because like College Station moved over yeah, and Lone like – Star, Lone Star. Yeah. We haven't talked about Lone, Lone Star's in there still. Mm-hmm. They're state ranked. Yeah. yeah. And Reedy's was a play away from Beagle. Yeah. Anyway. So it's, it's, a, it's a really loaded region. Iowa Colony and Bay City. Another great game. Yeah. And this is really – we've had Iowa Colony in the rankings for – Mm-hmm. The majority of the seed, I think we put them into the rankings week three, week four. Sounds right. And a lot of people are like, well, how you have, how can you have them ranked? They haven't beaten anyone, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they, they, the easier part of their district schedule was early, mm-hmm. but they handled them like a state-ranked team should. Well, here here you go. On the road against, at the time, the number 10 team in the state, Bay City, who just got done beating Needville by 33 the week before. Mm-hmm. And they 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 beat Bay City twenty eight one point game barn burner but Iowa Colony walks out of there with a with a road win, and I think makes their presence announced that they're a contender in Region Three now. Mm. Oh, I think you're exactly Region right. Region Three and four eighty one has been dominated by Chapel Hill and Kilgore. I think now you've you've got a Lumberton's got their wheel. Lumberton struggled early in the year. They've got their wheels back on. 
you throw Iowa Colony in there. By the way, they did this without Aaron Tenner, the running back. He didn't play. We talked with, talk with Ray Garza there you on, go. They on beat, the scoreboard. They beat the number 10 team in the state without their stud running back. Yeah. And then you, you still got Chapel Hill and Kilgore looming. So On the road. By the way, not an easy drive. No, to get from Iowa Colony on the southern, mm-hmm. you know, southwest, you know, southeast, you know, kind of south of Houston in, in Brazoria County there, to go all the way through Houston north up to Bay City, or south, not north, south. They south. go down to Bay mm-hmm. City south. I'm thinking Iowa Colony is going to north Houston, but <laughs> no. my geography mixed but up. They, but yeah, they go south. They go, they go down 59 down to Bay City, and, and that's, a, that's, that's a tough in road. A, in, yeah. a pl- in a place that's swallowed up a lot of teams. Yeah. A, lot, a, lot of, a lot of, you know, a lot of frauds have walked in there and, and come out feeling like frauds, and they, they proved themselves really impressive. Finally, Holly and Stanford. Um, Holly bike, Holly bike. That's a. Uh, um, um, if you if you thought Holly was going away, you are uh, consider this your notice. Um, no, they're 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 in the mix. They're in the mix. Uh, I don't think they're perfect. They're flawed, mm-hmm. but that's a good gutty win against Stanford to come out with that victory. And and now they got to go to Cisco, which is no picnic, but. Holly, Holly looking like a, they're they're back. Anyway, that is your week ten recap. It's now time for our week eleven game draft, and it's brought to you by our friends at Community Coffee, who support and celebrate the thriving communities at the heart of Texas high school football. Community Coffee, strong as our roots. If this is your first episode of Tap and Step, where have you been? Not listening to this podcast. This is a game draft. Step and I go back and forth selecting games we're most interested in. Most interested in. And especially this week, especially this week, that's the key component. Mm-hmm. Because there are games that are not between the best teams in the world. But they are super interesting for a lot of different reasons. Absolutely. And so it's the games we are most interested in mm-hmm. heading into week 11. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be necessarily, oh, it's state-ranked teams. It's what we're most interested in. Those will be fun, too. But, yeah, yeah. There, there could be a, this a game between two, two, four, and five teams that are fighting for a playoff spot. Absolutely. You know, those are the kind of games this week that really – because in the end, we like we like meaningful football yes. here. We, li- we like football. Yes. We like all forms of football. Correct. Seven-on-seven, mm-hmm. six-man, flag football. You know, regular season football, scrimmages, we like it all. But meaningful football with seasons on the line just hits a little different. And there's going to be a lot of games this week where two teams that, that are not going to win state championships probably aren't even going to win a playoff game. Hmm? But there's teams that have seniors that will be literally fighting for another game. They're mm-hmm. fighting for another 48 minutes. Mm-hmm. And those games hit different, and there's a different level of intensity at those games, and that's what makes it fun. So we'll go five rounds once the game's picked off the board, and then we'll round it all out with uh, what can only be described as the greatest week of hipster game of the yeah. week. This is hipster. This, this is, is this, this is wheelhouse. This is games. why we do it, folks. We this is probably, why we do it. We could probably each give you five hipster games. Oh yeah, it's a big week for hipster games. Had a coin flip before the show. Step one, the coin flip, which means he get he gets pick one one in the final regular season draft. Matt, step. What's your first pick? This is tough. It There's is a tough. lot of good games. I'm going to go it's out really, to East By Texas. the way, I brought this up on Twitter, and I'll bring it up here. This does not have the brand names here. This is not the music festival headlined by Taylor Swift mm-hmm. and all of these it's like kind of indie rock bands. But let me tell you. Underground artists. But this is, this is a deep 
week yeah. of games. This is a real there's there is a universe where you could describe this as a better week of games than last week. I wouldn't, yeah. but you could. Mm-hmm. It's a really good week. What's your first pick? I'm gonna go to East Texas Friday night as the nine and Garrison Bulldogs take on the nine and Timpson Bears mm-hmm. in a game that I think is going to tell us a lot about where both these teams stand heading into the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And a year ago when they met, we were very surprised because Garrison pushed Timpson to the limit. Mm -hmm. Timpson escaped with the win, kept their regular season. I don't think Timpson's lost a regular season game since 2019. Sounds right. I don't think Terry Bussey's ever lost a regular season game as a a Timpson varsity football player, which is since his freshman year. Uh, they had a couple of close, close, close calls last year, and, and Garrison was one of them. Um, Garrison, in my opinion, Brandon Alvarez's squad is better this year. Hmm. I, I think this is a better, more complete team, um, and I think they're a, they're a tough matchup for Timpson because they're they're they've got the edge in the trenches on both sides of the ball. In my opinion, I think Garrison up front is better than Timpson. Hmm. Now, where Timpson has a huge tenfold advantage over the vast majority of two A teams is at the skill positions. Hmm. Timpson's got 5A athletes playing 2A football. Yeah. They have a five-star quarterback. A five-star guy that they that, that touches the ball every play. Yeah. You know. That's a great equalizer. Yes. So, <laughs> it's a cool trick if you yeah, can do it. If you can pull it off, yeah. So so the key here is Garrison is good at the skill spots. They've got good speed. I would say it's above average for a 2A. Can they, they mitigate that gap enough to let their edge in the trenches wear Timson down? That's the key. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they can do it, but that's the key that I'm watching for in this game. A special team score may help even things out. I think Garrison last year had a kickoff return for a touchdown. You know, you're going to need some breaks, I think, to beat Timson, but Garrison is the – in district play, cause look the dominance of these two teams in district. Garrison's closest district game was thirty-five points, twice. Timpson's closest district game was a fifty-three-point win over Grapeland. Like these two have just yeah. obliterated the rest of the district. Yeah. Timpson's more battle-tested. They played. The t- I mean, Timpson played a brutal non-district schedule. Correct. No doubt about it. Garrison ain't seen something like Timpson. No, and Timpson's seen Garrison. And they might have seen Garrison without Bussy <laughs> early in the year. Yeah. So I think Timpson's going to win comfortably, two touchdowns. But I'm interested to see how Timpson handles Garrison in, in, because they're going to get pushed. This is going to be this is going to be the litmus test to see wh- how Lim- Timpson is ha- heading into the playoffs if they're ready to go. Garrison, I think if you, if you can keep it competitive with Timpson, you go into the playoffs feeling good about things. So you're like, hey. We played Timpson. We only lost by two touchdowns. On we, the road. If we see him again in the playoffs, we can close that gap even more. So I, I, I think that's going to be the interesting thing. I think this could be the first of two meetings. Like, It would not shock me in the least if Timpson and Garrison played twice. I think Garrison is exactly the kind of team that can beat Timpson. Because... They're kind of East... This, schematically and in, in, mm-hmm. in how they look look and operate, they're kind of East Texas for Furio in a lot of ways. They're they really good up front. They've got two great running backs. Yeah. A Marion Raspberry, great name, and Javian Black. Name. Yeah. Okay. And like uh, you can absolutely see how this happens. If this is not hard to fathom, which is Garrison has the ball for thirty two minutes. Yeah. 
and they go on long drives and they convert a ton of third downs and they and and Timpson can't get them off the field mm-hmm. and they win some and they win a game 29-26. It's been the formula in the playoffs for teams the last the two times that I've seen Timpson in the playoffs the last two years in person, Centerville in 2021 mm-hmm. and um Cooper yeah. in 2022. They both did the same exact thing yes. and it worked for a half. Mm-hmm. And then Timpson Went full. T- Timson went full Timson the second half of those games, but the first half, they, those two teams were able to do it for twenty-four minutes. Yeah, Ken Garrison do it for forty-eight minutes. Yep. Or and this Garrison defense is good. It's good. Now they, what do you do with an alien? But you know what I mean. Anyway, yeah, interested in that one. Good pick. Get on up with Dark and Bold from Community Coffee. at your local grocery or communitycoffee.com. Matt Step, I'm going to go to a Thursday night. Nice Thursday night slate. It's not last Big. year. <laughs> yeah, it's not last year's Thursday slate when everything got moved because of rain. But That was awesome. I it's a big it. Thursday I slate. I loved that. Uh, 7 o'clock, 7.30 p.m. Thursday night at Coach Kenny Deal Stadium in Melissa as the number one ranked Melissa Cardinals try to polish off an undefeated regular season by hosting the Lovejoy Leopards. Melissa has not had a perfect regular season ever. How's that for a fun fact? They've never had a perfect regular season. Even in their state championship year, they didn't have a perfect They, they lost it. They went 13-1. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they're looking to make history. I This is really fun. And it's it's a weird thing that happens a, a couple places that there are two teams that are a lot better than their district. It's usually in a big district, and they don't meet until week eleven. And so what happens is that you stop talking about two really good teams for two months. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of what's happened with both Lovejoy and Melissa. Mm-hmm. We just haven't talked about them because they've just been kicking the crap out of people. Yeah. It's not interesting. Joy had one semi-competitive game in district, mm-hmm. early in district play. I think maybe the first district game against Terrell. Mm, I think that, that sounds I think right. It was like 34-20. That sounds right. Um, yeah. They, Melissa has not had a You're exactly right. They, they, their, their district opener, they played at Terrell. They won 34-20. Every other game, and especially... But that could have been a game that was 34-7 in the fourth sure. quarter and Terrell scores too late. Exactly. To so it's just look. not it's not interesting. Lovejoy's a team that um, the last time we, I think the last time we talked about them was week three when they went to when they took on North Crowley and they got beat by twenty three, and I think we kind of said, hmm, same old Lovejoy, mm-hmm. like punch them in the mouth and they'll fold. Like that's the, that's the book on them. It's not fair, but that's the book on them. The book on on Lovejoy is that they're soft and North North Crowley, punch them in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Now North Crowley is the seventh. Ranked team, sixth ranked. Number six this week. Sixth ranked team in six A, and they're mm-hmm. undefeated. So that's a loss that's aged pretty well. It has aged well. And since then, two things have happened. One, I think the defense has started rounding into form for Lovejoy. Yeah, you know, the, certainly the um, uh, it's it's lightened up a little bit, like the schedule. Mm-hmm. But the offense has found its way too. And Alexander, they they have they have done what they didn't do last year. Which is they have settled on a quarterback. Yeah. And it was the guy who... And they've let him cook. 
and I said, I've said in this podcast that Hondo Franklin should have been the quarterback last year. Yes. The whole time. He quarterbacked them as a sophomore to a 13-1 and record. Right. And they, they took the reins from him last year. And maybe those guys were better in practice. I don't know. But that guy got it done on the field. He did. And he did nothing to lose the job, in my opinion. He's got a number of great weapons. Dalen McCutcheon, Jalen Lott, one of the best receiving cores in the state. Yeah. Don't think Livingstone is going to no. be back this year. I think Livingstone, Living, uh, if you didn't know, Parker Livingstone, the Texas commit, has a foot injury, I believe it is. It's like a Liz Frank injury or uh, something. Yeah. And those those tend to linger. And yeah. so he's all, he's certainly not playing this week. If they play deep enough, maybe he makes a comeback in, in late in the playoffs, but that would mm. be uh, that that hurts them. But their defense has been great. Well, here's Melissa, and Melissa's just been kicking the dog out of people. Like they're just like they're the number one team in our rankings, and they've done nothing to dissu- to to dissuade us uh, f- dissuade us from that. They have not played a close game uh, all year. Their average margin of victory is uh, 36 points. They're just Seems dominating good. people. Seems good. And I, I keep coming back to this. The defense is good. The balance they have on offense is scary. Mm-hmm. And their their fronts are scary good up front. And that's where I, I need to see. Because if you're Melissa, I think you line it up and you hand the ball to Nathan Odojokun 25 times. And you just... Say, let's eat. Yeah, let's eat because let's make Lovejoy prove that they're different up front now. That's I think the whole thing. If Lovejoy can match up up front, it's game on. Now they still got to deal with Trevor Ham. Still got to deal with Carson Maynard. Still got to deal with Nigel Smith on the defensive line. He was a four-star prospect. But yeah. if you're Lovejoy, priority one is you got to match up up front because the last time we saw you play a team that can play bully ball up front, you got beat by twenty-three. Yeah, that's the question here. And I, I think that's the thing that that you you it's gonna you know if if this happens again then you go into the you know Lovejoy goes into the playoffs they're gonna play South Oak Cliff in the second round of the playoffs mm-hmm. and I can't see things changing that quickly so I think we're gonna get a real good idea real quick if Lovejoy is for real in the in the region two or if they're a team that is gonna basically do the same thing they've done the last two years which is yeah. the first time they run into a physical team they flame out so yeah. I think the style of this game is gonna be very key I think like for Lovejoy. You want to get it into a, a more of a track meet yeah. type game. You, know? you want to let your guys cook. Yeah, that's the real question. But it's a fascinating matchup, and again, a lot of it comes down to who can wake up from a two month nap. Because, like, with all due respect to the rest of that district, like they haven't challenged these teams. They haven't played a competitive mm-hmm. fourth quarter in two months. It, you know, for Lovejoy especially, they're hoping that this is a competitive fourth quarter. So, anyway, I like Lovejoy and Melissa. What's your second pick, Matthew? Second pick. Some good ones on the board still. I'm going to go to Houston. Okay. At Turner Stadium on. I believe this is a Thursday night game. I'm double-checking now. This is a real... No, it's a Friday game. This is a real, like, I don't care there's nothing on the line game. Yeah. It was <laughs> bragging rights in the district yeah. as 8-1 Umble Atascacita takes on 8-1 Umble Summer Creek for the second second place in the district, but both they're going separate playoff routes. Mm-hmm. So Atascacita is going to be the number two seed in Division One. Summer Creek's going to be the number one seed in Division Two. Don't know how much it matters. I think both these teams want to want to get wins for different reasons. If you're a Tascacita, you want to get the bad taste out of your mouth right away. Yes. You, like if you can play this game today, you would play this game today. Like you want to get the taste of what happened to you against North Shore out of your mouth. What did North Shore? Did we ever see a box score for North Shore? Like how many yards they put up? It's over 600. Jesus. Yeah, it was over 600. Um. By the way. I can't help but think that if we get North Shore Duncanville again, how are they going to stop the 
that's a question <laughs> that is a question many have asked anyway um, go and on. now if you're a task to see that your offense had a good day zion brown had four touchdown passes he also had 84 yard touchdown run Tory Blaylock didn't get a ton going in the running game. He did he did make a play in the receiving game in the as a receiver. And Itasca City didn't get Carday Mack really involved, which is a mm-hmm. little interesting. Carday Mack is a really dynamic sophomore. He's probably going to be the quarterback next year. You know, he was the difference in that in their win over Katie. They put him in at running back and he was they couldn't tackle him. Mm-hmm. Um so Itasca City fresh off that loss to North Shore, they're looking to try to kind of figure things out, go into the playoffs on a high note. Here comes a Summer Creek team that is nothing like North Shore. No. Summer Creek wants to bash you over the head with a two-by-four and bash you uh, until you quit. They are the hacksaw Jim Duggan of Texas high school football. <laughs> Love the wrestling, wrestling <laughs> reference here. They lean on their defense, mm-hmm. and, and they also have a really good running game that we'll talk about in a minute. But the, Summer Creek, the Bulldogs, their one loss of the year also to North Shore, but in a much more competitive game. That was Summer Creek lost to North Shore 31-21, and that was a game that was 21-21 going into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Like that was a nip and tuck. That's the close. Yeah, they they are the team that has matched up best with North Shore. Yeah. And the key, if if you don't know this name, watch this game and look for this guy, Xavier Atkins. He is a Summer Creek linebacker, uh, committed to LSU. Uh, moved in to Summer Creek from Louisiana this year, and he has made an already good defense. Like they, they already had Chad Woodfork on the defense, the defensive end. Now you add in a basically a five-star talent, Dude. Xavier Atkins. He is a nightmare. There are some linebackers in Houston between him and like that Justin Williams at yeah. Oak Ridge. That like, good God, yeah. it is it is amazing. Yeah, the talent. He's fun out. to watch. Just watch his film. He goes. He he gets sideline to sideline. He's in pass coverage. He's he's a uh, you know playing the run. He, he's he's a a four down linebacker. He is not a guy you take off the field. Mm-mm. Offensively, they they've got weapons. Blake Thomas works behind a really good offensive line. Lloyd Avant, the Tulsa commit, is is a tough runner. He's a physical runner who can break break free. This is a, this is this is a summer creek. Kenny Harrison's ball club is built for the playoffs. This is a playoff type game against a really good team in Atascosa. And if you're asking me right now, Matt Step, who's your pick to win 6A Division II Region Three? It's the Summer Creek Bulldogs. I think they're the team to beat. And I think they go into the playoffs on a real high note. And I think they knock off Atascocita in this game, mm. in this battle of state ranked teams. I think Summer Creek gets the win and goes into the playoffs on a hot streak. Atascocita goes into the playoffs. Kind of limping. Limping in a little bit. That'd be interesting because who's let me let me take a look at our uh, just like the Catasca to open the playoff uh, with Doby. They'll be they'll be they'll be Doby. They'll be big favorites against Doby, but then they get see Dickinson in the second round. And if you're limping, Dickinson is good enough. Dickinson's the top twenty team. Mm-hmm. Keep Coach about. John Snelson has got a really good team yeah. over there this year. Yes, I mean because here's the other Dickinson's thing. Dickinson's I mean, only not, loss this year is yeah. to Ridge Point. Let me tell you something. No, they beat Rich Point. The, let me tell you something. The that North Shore, like we pay attention to the North Shore Tusk City because it's a top ten matchup. Major implications because now North Shore, buddy, they're on the clean side of the bracket of Region Three. They're on the clean end because Tusk got thrown into the into the, into the mm-hmm. dirty side of the pool because mm-hmm. they're gonna be they're gonna have to deal with Dickinson and Rich Point. Yes, just to get to a regional final. Yeah. Dickinson's actually losses to is was. Uh, was to Atascocita. Yeah, Atascocita. Yeah. So, but they love another piece of them. Anyway. It was week one, though. Yeah, week one. can change. Anyway, that is my, uh, that is your second pick. My second pick, Matthew. Do you know where it's a really good week? Where's that? 
It's a really good week in the Rio Grande Valley. It is. It's a really nice, deep week. And you took one matchup of unbeatens Mm -hmm. in the state of Texas. There is one more. Oh, I know where you're going now. 7 o'clock Friday night at Bobby Lackey Stadium in Westlaco. As the 9-0 Westlaco Panthers welcome in the 9-0 San Benito Greyhounds. And for the District 32-6A title, mm-hmm. uh, for uh, – now these are go- they're going separate places, right? Westlaco's yeah. going D2. That'll matter to these two. That'll matter. 10-0. Now, this is 10-0, yeah. and it would mean a lot. So San Benito, last time they went 10-0. Do you know? Um, not that – Yeah. Not that long ago. 2017. Yeah. You know, last time Westlaco went 10-0? 1991. And you know the time before that? No. 1955. Golly. This yeah. is a blue moon thing. Yeah. Like, it does not happen in Westlaco to go 10 Westlaco traditionally has been one of the best. Yeah, but they're always. They always I, go like 8-2. and two. Exactly right. I bet if you scroll three. up, I bet you see a ton of 8-2s. 8-2 yeah. and two feels like the Westlaco record. Yeah. But they figure it out this year, and the reason they figure it out Elias Rodriguez Jr. Their running back, he's awesome. Mm-hmm. He's awesome, and he's a grinder. Okay, he's like in the like it's very Westlaco of him. Who sells? Who says the bell cow running back is dead? Like he's a bell cow back. They're gonna hand him off. He's ten yards a carry. He's nineteen touchdowns. He's been great. And their defense, it the, the running game feeds their defense. We mm-hmm. had Roy Stroman on last week uh, after they're uh, heading into to week eleven or heading into week ten. And let me tell you, man. They're the real deal. Like, Westlaco is for real because they're just it, – it's classic Westlaco football. It's old school. It's running game and it's defense. There's nothing nothing fancy about Roy Stroman's bunch. This is a Spider-Man meme game, though. Mm-hmm. Because that's exactly what San Benito's about, too. Because they've, they've got a bell cow back in Fabian Garcia, their running back, who's been fantastic, and their defense has been excellent with Christian Garza leading the way. Um. They are they're Spider-Man pointing at each other. Mm-hmm. And in the end, who's going to break? Because we know exactly what it's going to be. It's going to be pound it, pound it, pound it, pound it, pound it, come up with a couple stops, pound it, pound it, pound it. Mm-hmm. I like San Benito. The reason I like the Greyhounds... Oh, forgot to mute my computer. Uh, I didn't hear it. Um, the reason I like the Greyhounds is I think Aaron Corona, their quarterback, is the difference. I think they don't ask him to do a ton... But he is a capable thrower when they ask him to be a capable thrower. And I think he's going to be able to make one or two plays that gives them the balance they need to get over the top. But it's going to be a crazy atmosphere at Westlaco. Like, I think, like, they're going to be... Those Panthers fans have been waiting for a moment like this. An opportunity to go 10-0. This means a lot to them. I, I like San Benito... I think Bobby Lackey Stadium's worth three points, though. Mm-hmm. And so keep an eye on this one. I like I like the Greyhounds, but this is a nip-and-tuck affair. I don't think anyone's running away with this thing, but I like the Greyhounds in a close one. I think it'll be – but it's a really nice week at the Valley. I tend to agree. I think I think San Benito gets this win in a, in a close game as well. I'm kind of right there with you. What is your third well, pick? This is a fun place to watch a game, by the way. Great place to watch a football game. Oh, well. Good food, too. I bet so, you jerk. <laughs> What's your third pick, Matthew? 7 o'clock Friday, Bulldog Stadium in Tyler mm. as the another state-ranked matchup in Class 4A as, once again, the Kilgore Bulldogs, the Raging Red, takes on Code Blue. 
the Chapel Hill Bulldogs in a game that uh, seems to be a once or twice a year occurrence. Very, Texas. I, I think I've made this point before. Very aesthetically pleasing. Yes. Very aesthetically pleasing. It's red versus blue. Yeah. This is like and 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 like there's no but like it's not like oh no we're gonna wear our anthracite jerseys. Like no we are the red team. And we are the blue team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's very aesthetically pleasing. Yes. And uh, Kilgore comes into this game pretty hot. They've won eight in a row after their season opening loss to Carthage, which they pushed Carthage to the limit. Mm-hmm. Fourth ranked team in the state. Taking on Chapel Hill, who spent most of the year as the number one team in Class 4A Division One until they ran into a uh, bit of a speed bump against Lindale a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, they did. Kilgore comes, coming into this one off a of bye week. You would think that's a big edge, but it didn't matter last year. Mm-mm. Chapel Hill beat Kilgore on the road with Kilgore coming off a bye week. Um, two weeks ago, the Bulldogs took on Athens. This is an interesting Athens team. They're playing a win-or-get-in game this week in this district. Uh, Kilgore kind of escaped with a 28-21 win at home. Athens pushed them really hard at St. John Stadium. Uh, QB Derek Williams, he's now he's coming to his own. That that was a that was a big question mark going into the year was that was youth at quarterback. Derek Williams has been very good. He had three touchdown passes, um, and then Jaden Sanders, the uh, DB who I think is a Division One recruit, had a ninety yard kickoff return for a touchdown to kind of lift Kilgore to kind of hold off Athens's upset bid. Mm-hmm. Um, Chapel Hill last week also played Athens, but they played them last week instead of two weeks ago. Um, but they didn't play till Saturday because of the rain. The rain got got to them in Athens. Chapel Hill on Saturday afternoon pulls away for a 45-28 win after kind of a slow start. Athens mm-hmm. was kind of in this game for a little while. I think it maybe just goes to show you how good Athens is. Um, a little bit of a slow start for Kilgore. I mean, for Chapel Hill, they pull away for the win. We know where the headliners are at, at Chapel Hill. It's Demetrius Brisbane, Ricky Stewart, the two SMU commits. Uh, Javen Mayfield, the receiver, is kind of their deep threat. Love linebacker Trevor Brooks. He's a, just a dude who makes plays after play after play all over the place. But Chapel Hill's defense oftentimes leaves a little bit to be desired. Yes. We know Chapel Hill's offense is going to score as long as they stay out of their own way and don't don't turn the ball over and make mistakes. They're going to score. I think the question is going to be here, can Kilgore slow Chapel Hill down? That's, that's the key here. I, if Chapel Hill gets this thing up and down, I – Kilgore does not have the firepower. Kilgore wants to, this game to be – Kilgore lives in the 20s. They want to keep this game under 30 points, keep Chapel Hill from getting into a track meet. If this game gets into the 30s, Kilgore doesn't have the firepower that can't keep up. Chapel Hill's won three in a row against Kilgore, I believe, and, and two of those three wins are in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, memory start. Yeah, three in a row. Um, I don't know if they're going to get it done at Chapel Hill. I think Tyler Chapel Hill gets the win and makes this a three-way kind of title. You know, they sh- they'll share the district title between Chapel Hill, Kilgore, and Lindale, and we'll have to figure out the points to see where the seat where the seating goes. I can guarantee I- I'll be I will probably say this: the, the s- whoever finishes second and third, they're probably going to play again Thanksgiving weekend. Kilgore p- finished second last year; they played Lindale Thanksgiving weekend in the playoffs last year. Whoever gets second and third probably plays each other again. I think Kilgore's going to beat them. You think it's time for Kilgore? I think okay. it is. Do you know why? Let's hear it. Because at their core, Kilgore is they want to be more physical than you. And the last two times we've seen Chapel Hill get beat, it's because somebody comes and just like knocks, hits him in the jaw. Yeah, Bernie and Lindale. Bernie and Lindale. Mm-hmm. That's what Kilgore does, like in my opinion. So 
uh, it's an interesting game. I'm 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 fascinated to see how it all shakes out. I, I need to see this Chapel Hill team beat a big physical ball club before I'm willing to really buy in. This would be a great if they win this game. Then I, like I need to kind of recalibrate my thought thinking. But like that, I'm telling you that Lindale loss it really took the wind out of my sails on on on, yeah. on Chapel Hill. Fair, it's so, fair. Anyway, all right, I'm gonna go a little bit off the board here, but it's a right. really interesting game. Matt Step, let's go. I want to make sure I get this right. Yeah, this is 7 o'clock Friday night at Panther Stadium in Liberty Hill. Okay. As the wild and wacky district th- world of District 13 5A Division 2 will finally come to a close. There's another game in this district, the Lockhart Tyvee game, that is like... It's for a playoff spot. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's winning in, losing out. Anyway, as the Liberty Hill Panthers at 6-3 and three welcome in the San Antonio Piper Warriors at 8-1. Eight eight and and one. One. Yeah. 8-1. and one. That one loss is to Wimberley, by the way. Yeah, see, it, that soured me on Piper, but they've, just come, they've been playing great football since then. And let me tell you, dude, their offense is silly. Okay. Mm-hmm. This quarterback, uh, Jake South, is on one right now, and he has got a big, wide, like a, a a large breadth of weapons on the outside. Whether it's Nolan Doss or it's Jake Strachan or it's uh, Isaiah Champagne, outstanding name, sir. But champagne uh, and raspberries. I, Isaiah Champagne. They are they're dangerous. They're a dangerous ball club. They can run the little ball a little bit, but the other thing is. That their defense, since that, like, their defense has gotten better each week. It's gotten better as the season has gone on. And what really, what really caught my attention was not this past week, but the week before when they played, they, they took on Veterans Memorial. And they held Veterans Memorial to 14 points. It's a Veterans Memorial offense with an Ohio State commit at running back. Absolutely. It's a really good ball club. On paper, on paper, Piper is your favorite here. Because Liberty Hill, like, Liberty Hill is a team that, look, they got three losses on the year, right? And They've it, struggled. It's, it's they're Easter a, famine with them. They really are. And now, they've got Ben Carter, and they've got Noah Long, and Joe Pitchford, right? There are, I think Pitchford's, uh, maybe Pitchford might be hurt. Um, but all that's to say, they are... They, they're going to run the slot T. Mm-hmm. But playing Liberty Hill is has never been about how good you are. Playing Liberty Hill is about how well you play Liberty Hill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. Because the slot T is the devil. It's, it's such an equalizer and just d- tough offense to it deal is. with. You deal with it one time, and they run it in such a unique way. The reason, though, that I like Piper is that this Liberty Hill defense gives me the heebie-jeebies. It just and, gives me the heebie And Liberty Hill's had some defenses that will do that. They have they, Liberty Hill, even in their best years, was never known as a shutdown. Do you know Liberty Hill defense. scored 80 points twice this year? <laughs> they scored 82 against Hutto, uh-huh. and they scored 81 last week against Bastrop. So the offense is, is going, it's going okay. Yeah. When uh, it goes, it goes. When it goes, it goes. Yeah, it runs hot. But their defense has also given up 38 points a game. Defense has not been good, yeah. and I think that Piper is going to be able to cook a little bit on this defense. Um, that's why I like. That's why I like 
Piper to win this game. But the district title's on the line here. Winner of this game's going to get the district title. Um, and and I, I, I think Piper's going to be able to get it done. But it's a fascinating game in a weird district. 13-5A Division Two. So, I like Liberty Hill and San Antonio Piper. What is your third, fourth pick, Matthew? Thursday night at Goodlow Stadium in Red Oak. Mm-hmm. As the and how? 8-1 and one Midlothian Panthers visit state-ranked and undefeated the Red Oak Hawks at 9-0 and oh with a district title on the line mm-hmm. and playoff seating. Uh, it's the avoid Alito till round four bowl. Winner is on the opposite side of the bracket as Alito. Loser is on the same side of the bracket as Alito. So that's in addition to a district title. That's what's on the line today, uh, Thursday night. Remember week one when Midlothian lost to Arlington Seguin? Dude, yes. And by the way, Arlington Seguin has been a really weird team. Mm-hmm. They have wins over Midlothian and Ennis, but then they're probably going to miss the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Strange. They're strange. Uh, but Midlothian has, since that loss, rattled off eight straight wins, um, including a couple weeks ago when they had a very impressive win going down to Lake Belton and beating Lake Belton on the road. Um, last week, pretty comfortable. 36 nothing win over Colleen Ellison. Pretty workmanlike. Uh, Slater Callahan runs for two touchdowns. Bryant Wesco had a touchdown pass. Just a, another day at the office for the Midlow uh, As you do. offense. Uh, 36 nothing over Ellison. Uh, the key was their defense also. They held Ellison to 73 yards of offense in that win. So a strong defensive effort I'll tell you, Doug Wendell's ball club. I'll tell you, their defense is getting better. Like yes. their defense is They did a great improving. job. Micah Hudson did Micah Hudson things, but they didn't let anyone else the, do anything. As somebody said, this is when the Rangers were playing the um playing the Astros. Um Jordan Alvarez hit a solo homer and my buddy tweeted that that was the Jordan Alvarez tax. Like mm-hmm. you just pay it and you're like, yeah. okay, yes yeah, fine. It's the same thing with Micah Hudson. Like you just pay the Micah Hudson tax. Like he's gonna do something and yeah. there's nothing you can do. So yeah. might as well just deal with it. But other than that, basically their defense has been excellent lately. Yes. Uh, speaking of defense, Red Oak's defense was uh, just as good against uh, Granberry in their run-heavy offense last week. They held Granberry to just 85 yards of offense in a uh, ho-hum 27-3 win over Granberry on the road. A little concerned they only scored 27 points against a pretty meh, pretty meh Granberry team. Um, Reggie Moody threw a couple touchdown passes. Taz Williams, 125 receiving yards and a touchdown. Um, but they just... I expect a little bit more from Red Oak's offense. I don't know. Red Oak, they kind of have a little bit of a team of destiny feel. Like that win over Lake Belton just kind of felt like a a team of destiny kind of win. But, man, Midlothian's playing so well right now. Mm -hmm. I think they're peaking at the right time Mm -hmm. and playing their best football when it counts. Mm -hmm. And and Midlothian's a tough team to get ready for because they have this weird scheme. They run a lot of option and run a lot of flex bone. But then then when they want to, they have this, like – you know, alien that they that they can throw the ball to whenever they want, and he's gonna make plays nine, nine times out of ten. Red Oak's a little more conventional. I think Midlothian goes on the road and wins this game and takes the district title and knocks Red Oak from the ranks of the unbeaten. I do too. Yeah. I do too. I, I like Midlothian in this one. I think that they're. Pl- I think you're right. Peaking at the right time is the exact way to put it. They are. A lot of it's the defense, which I think has just really improved as as the year has gone on. And then, yeah, they've got that one weird trick, which is like throw the ball to the, the Clemson commit. Um, yeah, I think uh, – did did uh, who was the quarterback last week for, for Midlothian? Is Wendell I think, back? I, th- is I, I think Wendell's out for the year. Is I think, he, I think oh, it's the, the backup. Well, I mean, I mean, he's the playing ba- well. backup's playing really well. It yeah. sucks for, for, for Wendell, but, but like, like, yeah, that he's playing well. Okay, fascinating stuff. That's a good pick there with Red Oak and Midlothian. Matt Step, my fourth pick 
we're going to San Patricio County. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Pirate Stadium in Sinton. As the Sinton Pirates. Big 4A week this week. Really nice 4A A games. Uh, As the Sinton Pirates welcome in the state-ranked and undefeated Ingleside Mustangs. And we have not talked enough about... I don't know how many games we've done with Ingleside on Tep and Step. Probably not enough. I don't think we've done any. Okay. Let's introduce our our friends to Ingleside. Because Ingleside... Hashtag dudes rock. Yeah. yeah. This team is, this is now, they are the, it's kind of like a 4A Sunray in the sense of like, they're fun. This should be everyone's second favorite team. Yeah, they're fun. Like they just go out there and just cut the brakes. Just cut the brakes. Yeah. Aiden Jacobson, their quarterback. Yeah. Have you seen his numbers? Yeah, they're pretty crazy. He's thrown for 2740 and 43 touchdowns. And oh yeah, they've got a 1500-yard receiver in Jaden Smith who's got 30 touchdowns on the season. That's insane. In 9 games. Yeah, that's crazy. And they've also got More Texas commit by the way. So They've got an 1100-yard oh. rusher too. Yeah. Like they're not just throwing the ball. Like they are just go 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 go. Yeah. go. Their offense is off the charts good. Uh, defense is uh, it's fine. Or, or, They've got a flamethrower uh, off. Yeah. They're 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 an offense heavy team. They, they're they're they, a flamethrower. They are. They, you know, twenty one points a game. But like you know, they're, they're whatever. They're fun. They're fun as hell. Yeah. Well, here comes Sinton, and Sinton does not suffer fools when it comes to big time offense. <laughs> Sinton plays like their coach. Very, their, their personality reflects their head it coach. Does. Very and If intense. you know Mike Troutman, you know what we mean. Very intense. Uh, the balance is going to be on display. They're going to run the ball. They are, by the way, super junior heavy. Super junior yes, heavy. Yes, this Sentin team next year is going to be a real problem in region, whatever region. Well, they're going to be region four. but yeah, uh, Their quarterback, Tristan Hansen, and their running back, Derek Garcia, are the mm-hmm. names to know. They're going to line up. They want to run the ball. And more importantly, what's always been the Mike Troutman special is that they're going to play – um, the word I'm looking for is like mean defense. Like yeah. it's not aggressive. It's just like rude. Mm-hmm. They're rude on defense. Uh, Rob Thomas, Javon Moreno, they're going to hit you in the mouth, and then they're going to do the thing where they f- they're going to like try to help you up, but they're going to fake you out and like yeah. like wipe their hair. Like they're mean. Their defense is nasty. They're very sportsman. Like I'm not saying that they're yeah, not, but yeah. like I'm just saying that they are. They their are personality there. reflects that. They are there to. They are not there to be your friend. No. Afterwards, they'll shake your hand. But during the game, they're not. They're there, there to, to inflict punishment. They are. And that is. This is a real. This is a real gut check time for Ingleson. Ingleside rather. Ingleside. This is this is their this is their toughest. I mean, yeah, this is their prove it game. You know, for all the doubters, this is the chance for them to prove prove the doubters wrong. Like they have one win right now. No, they have two wins. They have two wins right now over teams with winning records. Okay, Orange Grove last week, mm-hmm. and then they and then week four they went to Rio Hondo and won. But that's a three A team, mm-hmm. right? This is their toughest test today. And I'll tell you who I'll tell you who does not. Well, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the computer doesn't believe in them or the computer believes in Sinton more, but the computer likes. Computer's got Sinton by eleven. Yeah, here's the chance computer's for Ingleside to prove it. Not bought in on Ingleside. Yeah. The chance for them to prove it. I first think year head coach too, Travis Chrisman. First year head he's coach. He's done a great job. Uh, New Diana. 
he was at New Diana, and then he went to he was he's an Ingleside alum, uh, but he he was head coach at New Diana, and then went to Bernie Champion as a that's right for a couple of years. Yes, um, Ingleside uh, has uh, not had a, w- a perfect regular season since 1995. So this would be a big win for them. Mm-hmm. I think I like Senton. I think I like Senton, but this offense, I'm telling you, the Ingleside offense is just like, they're like if they could just show up and be like, we're going to drop a 50-burger and there's nothing yeah. you can do. They're fun as heck. So what is your fifth and final pick, Matthew? Let's go to the beautiful golden triangle, Greg Tepper. We've got 7 o'clock Friday night in Silsby. Mm-hmm. As the 6-3 and three Jasper Bulldogs take on the undefeated 9-0 and Silsby Tigers. And you want to talk about a rivalry of two towns and groups of kids who just don't like each other very much. Mm-hmm. This is your game. Yeah. But and also, if you're a prospect hound, yeah. there's some prospects in this game. You got Jasper with Ty Anthony Smith, the linebacker. Is he still committed to A&M? Sounds right. Yeah, I, th- I want to say. Tight end Kiati Armstrong is a is a dude. Ty Anthony Smith still committing him. They've got you know, Demetrius Dean, this offensive lineman who's a stud. They're loaded. Jasper's loaded with talent. And they're six and three. They're three losses. I mean, they they lose to the one mystifying one is this, the loss to Legacy School of Sports Science, which is a pretty good private charter team. Mm-hmm. Doesn't play in a any real a big league or anything. But they're a good team. Mm-hmm. Franklin by two scores, and then they lost to Hampshire Finette by three. So don't let the record fool you. Like, this Jasper team is really, really they good. They are good. And you got Silsby with Draylon Miller, who was committed to A&M at one point and then decommitted and is back probably the – I believe Greg Powers had him as the highest-ranked uncommitted prospect in the state of Texas at this point. And we all know about Draylon Miller. If, if you cut, follow high He's school football – He's fine, I guess. You know about Draylon Miller. Um I love Ashton Cartwright. I think he's a Division One receiver. I think somebody just needs to give him a chance. Mm-hmm. He's unbelievable. The quarterback, Michael Mosher, has been playing really well. I think he has one interception on the year against Har- uh, Har- uh, Hampshire Finette. Trey Kibbles, the running back, has given Silsby plenty of balance. I think he's – not to interrupt you, I think he is the real, like, obviously – Draylon Miller's the MVP. Mm-hmm. But between Ashton Cartwright and Trey Kibbles, they do so much for that team that allows – or like uh, Draylon Miller gets all the attention, and those guys have had to step up, and they yeah. have. And what it also allows is you can take Draylon Miller out mm-hmm. and not miss a beat, and then you guess what you can do, which it's the cool trick Silsby pulled against Hampshire Fournette. Oh, we're just going to take this five-star stud and put him on the defensive side of the ball and let him just wreak havoc, mm-hmm. which is what he did against Hampshire Fournette in that game. Mm-hmm. So it gives Silsby a ton of flexibility. I, I think what's also been key is Silsby's so much better up front than they have been in years past. They're experienced on both the offensive and defensive line. Their, their defense has been stout all year. This is a v- complete Silsby team. This is this is top yep. to bottom their best team they've ever had. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a the bona fide state title contender. This is you. This is a you better go win it. Yeah, team. I wonder. And it'd be interesting. Hypothetically, this is looking a long way away. Hypothetically, if you get a Silsby Carthage state championship game. And most of these state title games, these nine state titles that Carthage has, Carthage has won in the past, most of the games they've been pretty significant favorites in the state title game. Like there haven't been games where they were just like 
may, underdogs or, or even slight favorites. Maybe the Abilene Wiley game because that was like a Carthage team that was real young. And yeah, there haven't been a lot. Most of the game, most of the time, Carthage has been pretty heavy favorites. I wonder if this Silsby team would be the closest, like in a point spread type thing if that happened. Or, and that's a long way away, seven weeks away. But this Silsby team is very complete. Wimberley, they're big favorites. Um, Gilmer, they were big favorites. Yeah, they beat Gilmer by 56 that year. La Vega. Maybe the La Vega. La Vega. They play La Vega in a state? 2019. Yeah. yeah. 2019. That was probably the one. Yeah. Then, you know, like, Kennedale, they were big favorites. Wiley, uh, you mentioned it, kind of weird. Kilgore, remember that all East Texas I do game? <laughs> Kilgore and Carthage are, like, not far apart from each other when they played in the state championship. Uh, Cold Spring Oakhurst in 2010, they were pretty big favorites. Yeah. Graham... No nine, nine, but the then first you're, two. Yeah. Anyway, your points will take them. Yeah. So just just keep an eye on that if they have. That's my project. Project. If we're talking right now, October thirtieth, my projected state title game in four eighty two, is Carthage and Silsby. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be a fun game. That all that being said, going back to Silsby Jasper, that's my roundabout way of getting just talking about how good I think Silsby is. I think Silsby. They they were a little flat last week against Bridge City, coming off that real high against Hampshire Finette, playing a struggling Bridge City team. They won thirty three to seven, but it was. I think it was 20-7 to seven going into the fourth quarter. It was still the game. I think they'll be a little sharper and a little more focused this week because Jasper has their attention. And it's the rivalry game aspect that they do not want to lose to Jasper, I can tell you that. So I think the key here is, is Jasper's secondary. I don't think they can handle Miller and Cartwright. So I think Silsby throws the ball all, all over the yard and gets a win. Gets a, I think a two-touchdown Two to three touchdown win. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they, I think they win the game. But, but we know Jasper. Jasper's going to try to knock their block off, especially in a rivalry game. That'll be a really interesting physical test for the for the Silsby fronts. My fifth and final pick, Matthew. Last pick of the regular season. Let's go seven o'clock Friday night to Mickey Main Tiger Stadium in East Texas. Uh, I don't know where in East Texas that is. As the Dangerfield Tigers okay. welcome in the Harmony Eagles in a game we've now seen three times. Uh, we'll see for a third time in, in, in 12 months. Um, now, if you like offense, may I direct you to the Harmony Eagles? Mm-hmm. Harmony can score. Harmony can go, and and they are, I think early on, they took a couple losses. They're one and two. They lost to Hooks, and they lost to Beckville, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, Beckville's a 2A, but Hooks is a state-ranked 3A, right? And Beckville is a state-ranked 2A, right? Yep. Combined 16-1, and one, those two teams. They also have a win over DeCab, which is a, a win that has aged particularly well. It's a good DeCab team. Their offense has been exceptional. Quarterback Boston Seahorn, Evan Weber, their running back, has been on another level. Been fantastic. If you like defense, Matthew, may I interest you in the Dangerfield Tigers, and especially lately. Mm-hmm. Matt Stepp in district play, they're 5-0, and and they've given up six points. That's, that's pretty good. Six points. Uh, they've been excellent. They got two losses on the year as well, at Timpson and at Center, and they beat Center. They lost to Center twenty-eight twenty-one. So the defense is something serious if you're holding Center to twenty-one po- twenty-eight points. 
this Dangerfield defense is legit. And this is a real strength-on-strength strength matchup. And by the way, Dangerfield's got their own quarterback in Chase Johnson. Mm-hmm. Remember the history of these two teams. Last year, Dangerfield beat Harmony in the in in the uh, in the regular season in district play, and I want to say they beat them relatively soundly. Oh, they did, yeah, yeah. And then Harmony, this was this was the game in the regional final. I want to say that everyone was like that really made everybody sit up and go, wait a second, what? Yeah, you did what now? Mm-hmm. So these two teams know each other very well. I think especially at home, this for a district title, I think Dangerfield exacts a little bit of revenge and gets the win. I think that defense keeps rolling. I'm not sure Harmony is going to be able to slow down Chase Johnson enough. That's kind of my, my That's concern. That's my thing. With, yeah. But a fascinating game between two teams who have come to know each other very well recently. So I like Harmony and Dangerfield as my fifth and final pick. That's our Week 11 draft. Step took Timpson Garrison, uh, Summer Creek of Tascosita, Kilgore, Chapel Hill, Red Oak, and Midlothian, Silsby and Jasper. I took Lovejoy and Melissa. I took San Benito, Westlaco, Liberty Hill, San Antonio Piper, Inglesite, Sentinel, and Dangerfield Harmony for the Week 11 draft. Love it. Now time for our hipster game of the week, and it's like the perfect hipster week. Oh, it is. Because there's just tons of hipster games. Matt Step, where are you going for your hipster game of the week? Go Thursday night to Keller. Uh-huh. As the... Two and six, Halton Buffaloes. <laughs> yes. Do battle with the six and three Keller Indians in a game that is straight up for fourth place hmm? in District 3-4-6-A. The Halton Buffaloes are alive for the playoffs. And here's the crazy thing. If Halton wins this game, South Lake Carroll goes to Division One. And you know who they would get in the first round? Uh, they would get Trinity. Uh, are you sure? Yeah. South Lake would be Division One. yeah. Oh, the one seed. Yeah. It would be the one seed, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's yeah, right. I yeah. forgot that Byron Nelson going D2. Anyway, go on. Do you know how Haltom got into this position? Mm-mm. They played Eaton last week and trailed 28 nothing, and rallied for a 35-34 win against Eaton to keep their playoff hopes alive. I did not see this, no. <laughs> yes. And they're taking on a Keller team that, let me tell you, Keller is struggling. They're riding, they're, they've lost three of their last four, and they are beat up. Mm. This is a banged-up Keller team that is basically hanging on by a thread going into the playoffs. And they're playing – if you're Haltom, if you're Jason Tucker's t- Jason Tucker, you've got nothing to lose here. Yeah, you let it all hang out. You throw the kitchen sink at the Keller Indians this week, because it would. What a story this would be if the Halton Buffaloes would screw around, coming back in week week ten from a 28, 28 point deficit, and then upsetting Keller in the final week of the season in Keller to get into the playoffs and push South Lake Carroll Division One. Uh, it's not. Technically a straight-up winning-your-end playoff game because Eaton and Fossil Ridge mm-hmm. are also in that mix, and especially Fossil Ridge if they won and Haltom won. Fossil Ridge could be in that in that potential mix, but I, Eaton's playing Byron Nelson. Fossil Ridge plays South Lake Carroll. Both are significant underdogs this week, so the odds of that are, are pretty slim. So in essence, Keller and Haltom straight up for a playoff spot. If the Haltom Buffaloes win, they will get it done and get into the playoffs as the number four seed in district four, six, a, no one had that predicted. Keep an eye on this game of one of many potential winning, winning your in playoff games. Very good. Very good. Matt step. 
my hipster game of the week is I can do you one better. Okay. Because this is legit, straight up for for a playoff spot. This is a playoff game, and we are going to Cook County, seven thirty p.m. Friday night at Leopard Stadium in Gainesville. Okay. As the five and four Gainesville Leopards welcome in the four and five Crumb Bobcats oh. for a Chef's kiss. in a playoff game. Yeah. Plain and simple. There's no no tiebreakers needed. There's nothing that can go. There's nothing that could go wrong. That they both get in or anything. Nope. Winners in, losers out. That's it. <laughs> simple as that. Love it. Gains. This is a game that will be almost entirely dictated by pace. Because mm-hmm. one of these teams, Gainesville, wants to get out and run. Cade Searcy, uh, coach's kid, wants to get out, and they, he's a dual-threat guy. They want to get this game up, 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 and score to the 30s and to the 40s. Their defense, they want to outscore them because their defense is not their best suit. Their offense mm-hmm. is definitely their, their better, their better sure. aspect. What's funny is that Crum has the better uh, passing attack. They've got a, a junior quarterback in Ty Tabor that I know they're really excited about up there. He's thrown for almost 2,000 yards, 22 touchdowns, but they are a defensive-minded team. Their mm-hmm. defense, they want to win this game in the 20s. This game's in the 30s and up, it's Gainesville's to lose. Sure. If it's in the 20s and below, that's for, for Crum. Uh, this is, again, straight up for a playoff spot. Is this the first year uh, for Coach Searcy at Gainesville? No, it's year two. Year two. Yeah. They, went to, the area, they went to the area they playoffs did. last year. Yes, they did. They lost to Gilmer in the area. Right um this is for Crum. They can clinch their first playoff spot since 2016. It's been a minute since Crum's been in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They can clinch it if they get a win on Friday night in Gainesville. In what is, I mean, they're in the playoffs now because if you win this game, you're in. This is no tiebreaker, no frills attached, no strings attached. The winner of this game is going to the playoffs. Uh, although, did they, is this a for sure? Let me make sure about this. Because the third place team is going to be Farmersville. And I want to make sure Farmersville beat both these teams, and they did. So, winner of this game is the fourth place team in uh, at. at so they would play the, the winners of district, the champion of district six, six, four, eighty two. You want to do some quick, uh, quick looking on this one. <laughs> You're listening to live coverage of us looking up. Who's going to win six, four, eighty two. Six, four, eighty two is going to be uh, Sunnyvale. Sunnyvale. Okay. The winner, winner of this game has a date with Sunnyvale. Keep an eye on that one. Anyway, mm-hmm. Gainesville and crumb is my hipster game of the week. Uh, what's your plan this week, dude? So it's a little interesting this week just because, uh, you know, Saturday and my, my personal life got a lot going on this week. So, uh, so Saturday, we'll start Saturday. I will not go to a game Saturday, which is typically my MO. Quitter. Um, I'm going to get up early in the morning Saturday and basically work on brackets and playoff matchups all day. Um, Yep, calling coaches, searching the internet, try to try to put everything together. A lot by, of Thursday games, which should help. Yeah, not like last year. Last not year like last awesome. year where it was like every game was on Thursday. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, trying, you know, so just calling coaches saying, "Hey, coach, where are you playing? What time? What day?" We want to get that information out for at least UIL eleven man football before midnight Sunday. Mm-hmm. Want to try to have it out at some point Saturday night. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I'll be working that all day. Um, in addition to still, you know, working on other things uh, to get ready for the next week and some, you know, deliverable stuff. It's a that big weekend this yeah. weekend. Boy, uh, so that's Saturday. And Sunday I'm going to Canada. My wife's birthday is this week. So next year her birthday falls during week 11. So it'll be a little bit better because I'll be here for the whole week of the first round of the playoffs. But this year her birthday is, on, is this week. So fly out Sunday, spend a few days with her, fly back Thursday. Um so that's kind of the weekend schedule. Okay. Football games. Thursday, I will be at Melissa at beautiful Kenny Deal Stadium. Just got my email that I got proof for credentials. Congratulations. Uh, as Lovejoy and Melissa do battle. So I get to check out the new stadium there, mm-hmm. Melissa. See how nice that is. Um, so that'll be my Thursday game. Friday, I, I really wanted to keep it close to the house just because I've got such a long day Saturday. didn't want to be out too late. Uh, so tried to find a game within about 30 minutes of my house that had playoff implications. Couldn't find one. Uh, oh, no. So, yeah, most of them. Are, hey, are, DFW, there's a lot of Thursday games yes. DFW. Yes. If, it, if, if just one of those games get moved to thir- Friday, I'd have been happy. But the closest one was Lancaster and Lufkin. Which te- is te- kind a of a haul, though, dude. From my house to Lancaster is about an hour. And I was like, I just really, really didn't want to drive an hour. So I'm going to go to, to I'm gonna go see Byron. I've not seen Byron Nelson in person. So I'm going to go watch Eaton and Byron Nelson. Big rivalry game. Big rivalry game. Uh, I thought at the beginning of the year that both teams might be in the playoffs. Maybe it's for seeding, that kind of thing. Well, Eaton's kind of tailed off as the year went along. Byron Nelson, we obviously know. So Byron Nelson's a pretty big favorite. But – Want to see Byron Nelson in person and get a good look at him before the playoffs start. So that's my Friday night game. That's a uh, it's a the house that Elza built. I think Elza had a hand in getting that play. It's a great stadium. Mm-hmm. Love that one there. Mm-hmm. And there's a Bucky's right there. So there's a Bucky's know, right there. Right there. So you can go. Maybe we'll let you drive some, around the racetrack. Get some Beaver Nugs and you know and <laughs> go drop a deuce. Maybe <laughs> good day. What a way to round out the regular yeah. season. My there boss doesn't want me to tell you to watch Valley Sports Southwest on Friday night as well, so please do that. Keep me employed. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for being Dave Campbell's Text Football subscriber. Step, step, thanks for your courage. Thank you. Talk to you we'll next, next week. We'll do next week uh, for playoffs. international. International, international yeah. playoffs. We're doing bracket stuff, bracket breakdowns. It'll be a big week. Uh, yeah, by the way, I'm already ruining the outro, but like next week, if you, like, we're not Just doing do another outro. Draft. Just we're, do another yeah, outro. Yeah, we're not doing a game draft next week. Next week is our, usually our biters, because there's going to be like a handful of good games, and we'll highlight them whenever they come about, mm-hmm. but it's basically going to be like bracket breakdowns next sure. week. So prepare for that. Okay. Stay with TexasFootball.com. Yeah. Uh, texasfootball.com slash playoffs. Slash playoffs, that's the one. That's where all of our playoff stuff's going to be. You will not regret it. Uh, texasfootball.com slash playoffs. Thanks very much. Step, thanks for your courage. Thank you. Talk to you next week on Tough and Stuff.